0: You're listening to the NASM CPT podcast with Rick Ritchie winner of the share care Emmy award for social storytelling, and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all and welcome to the NASM CPT podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie. And I got a question for you. Have you ever wondered what it's like to make a living as a personal trainer? I know a lot of personal trainers who are still asking that question, but I also know a lot who have been incredibly successful throughout the years. Well, that question is a question that Matt C. had when he sent me an email. He says, hi, Dr. Richie. And then he stated that he's ready to start doing virtual training with me on the Edge app so that he can learn how to structure programs with his virtual and distance clients. He also shouted out the uh, Optima session I did on especially sedentary behaviors and then bought Daniel Lieberman's book exercise to which I suggested. But then he says, lastly, I have a suggestion for the CBT podcast addressing how full-time trainers make a living. Is there some market research and some data that you could discuss on the demand for personal training, the various roles that uh, that these trainers perform, and that how most see success and maybe a future outlook for personal training careers. Well, Matt C., I got gotcha, you, man. Thank you. That's actually a really great topic and one that as soon as I read the email, I was like, that's the next show I do. So here it is, Matt, and here it is to everyone else listening to the NASM CPT podcast. First, I want to let you know I'm pulling some statistics right now from the Bureau of Labor Statistics for fitness trainer or instructor. So they don't differentiate whether or not you are a personal trainer or you are a group instructor. It just all gets put bundled into one bundle. So let's just start there, and as a fitness instructor or trainer, this is what you're looking at. The median uh, annual wage of $40,700. All right, so if you took that over 52 weeks of working, 40 hours a week, that would be $19.57 per hour, but clearly that is not how the numbers are actually going to work out. Nobody's working. At least I hope not. the full fifty two weeks and certainly not forty hours a week for fifty two weeks. So we're still looking at forty thousand dollars, but that that price per hour is slightly higher. Uh, and we we look at this and we say medium median annual wage. For And this is the year 2021. So currently, right now, it is November 1st. I'm recording this uh, in 2022. These are the numbers for 2021. Now, mean is adding every number up and dividing it by the total number of contributors, right? So however many numbers you put in there, you divide it by that. It's how you got your averages in, uh, in school. Mode is the number that appears the most, but the median The median annual wage is the number in the middle. You list all the salaries out and the number in the middle of all the salaries is the median. So it's not a mean average, but the median. So if you took everybody out, the one in the center, that's the price that you're making. So some people make more than that. Some people make less than that. Some people are part-time and you have a lot of part-time people that are working in the fitness industry. So that makes sense. And you have a lot of people that are working full-time and are pushing harder and making more money than that. Well, how can we look at this? Well, we continue to look and say the numbers of CPT jobs uh, or fitness industry jobs in 2021 were 306,400. So just above 300,000 fitness professionals. and, And the job outlook is expected to increase 19% 19% over the next 10 years, which is much faster. It is a much faster rate than the average. In fact, the average total economic job growth across all industries is usually projected to be 1%, but over the next 10 years, the Bureau of Labor Statistics is saying that that might only be half a percentage. So for a 19% job growth in this industry, it's huge. Now, here's something else that I thought was pretty impressive. Now, you're going to look at an average of 65,000 job openings per year over the next 10 years, 65,000 job openings. So if you want to be a personal trainer, chances are, all right, there are 50 states, there are hundreds of cities, but there are 65,000 job openings, Well. I will say it's not just because there are a bunch of extra fitness jobs out there. According to Club Industry, the annual and Club Industry is um, a company within a a business within the fitness industry. It's a great uh, resource. Uh, They said the annual trainer attrition or turnover rate is about 80% annually. That's crazy. You hire 10 trainers by the end of the year only two are left. That's not great. Uh, Also, that could be an an entirely additional episode on trying to identify why is there so much attrition? Why is there so much turnover? I've got some opinions about it. Um, Leading the pack is uh, people that are not qualified to be personal trainers think it's a cool job and they start working as a personal trainer and then they find out that they have to get information and education, and it's harder than they think, and they have to do sales, and it's not just hanging out at the gym, receiving a paycheck. So kind of putting that up front and center, I think that would be helped to clear things up quite a bit. Well, let's look at some of the jobs that exist within the fitness industry, and it's certainly not limited to personal training or group instruction. But when you look at that, the group instruction, that's still going to include a lot of things, right? So it could be fitness, it could be Pilates, it could be boot camps, high-intensity training. You start getting into more and more one-on-one. So you could have wellness coaching, strength and conditioning coaching, sports performance training. All of these are uh, subgroups of the context of what you can do and what you can shift into a niche, right? Well, where, where can you work? And there's more. We're going to get into that a little bit more. But where can you work? Well, certainly there are gyms. There are plenty of gyms. There are corporate gyms. The corporate gyms are the chain gyms that you see throughout the country. There are community centers. Community centers would be like YMCA or a JCC. There are private gyms and private studios, independent training studios, which are co-working training facilities. There are corporate wellness programs and companies out there that do corporate wellness really well, like American Leisure, The Right Fit, Fitlore, Exos. These are corporate wellness programs that maybe you want to be a part of, and you can go into the corporate environment and set up at a bank and do a wellness program there. Well, throughout the last couple of years, for sure, we've seen a significant increase in online training and in the streaming apps that you could be a part of. You can also provide one-on-one virtual training. In fact, when I'm done recording this show, I'm going to go and grab a coffee and I'm going to sit right back down here and I'm going to get back on the computer and I'm going to train someone virtually one-on-one. What you can also do is you could start selling programs. So just putting together... Uh, programs for monthly programs for clients. And so oh, do you want to train three times a month? Here's my price. You want to train four times, sorry, three times a week for a month, four times a week for a month, two times a week for a month. Here's the program. I write out your workout. I sell you your program. I think that works. It works for a lot of people. It's been been keeping a lot of people out of my gyms that I wish would come back because they've shifted a lot online. Good for them. But then you can also look at these niche skill sets when it comes to training. You can you can kind of focus your attention on a few things, right? So um, I, I know a lot of people where I grew up got into it because they wanted to be bodybuilders, recreational bodybuilders, professional. I mean, the dream is probably to be a professional bodybuilder, right? So there's bodybuilding and physique training and prep. There's powerlifting, do you want to get better at Olympic lifting, kettlebells, marathon training, do you want to train people? The New York City Marathon is next weekend uh, and in 2022, so the, the first weekend in November is when that marathon's going on. There are a lot of people that I know that are running the marathon. There are a handful of people I know that train people to run those marathons. That's a, that's a skill set. There's also, you want to work with sprinters. And so that's not strength and conditioning. That is a running skills coach that you can learn and start to niche in. Pilates, yoga, seniors, women, youth, boxing, Tai Chi, strength and conditioning, fitness. Has so many layers. And it's going to give you the opportunity to figure out what it is that you want to do and where you can fit in. And here's the thing. You're not limited to any one of those things. The best part of it all is that you have the option to put your toe into a lot of different puddles in order to explore where exactly you want to be, not just what I like doing, but who are the people that I like working with. And so you might like Pilates a lot, but you find that for yourself personally, but teaching it isn't as fulfilling as doing the marathon coaching, the running coaching. That might be something. Just the environment, and the vibe fits better for you. Do it all, do it all, and then, and then your experiences is going to pull you into the direction that the environment provides better for you. That you, as an individual, vibe best with, and then of course there will be financial rewards. So or or um, incentives because of the amount of people that you can affect and influence with the skill set that you provide. I think you should also consider that there are options for you in fitness education. And I'm not talking about necessarily going back to school and getting a degree and teaching in school, which I think is great. And to be a physical education teacher, to teach exercise science, uh, all of those are wonderful. But I'm talking about Fitness education where you develop your skill set and then you create, you teach courses based on your niche and your skill set. And what NASM does and every other major accrediting body does is that if you can apply and you can get NASM CEUs applied to your course. So if people want NASM CEUs, they can take your course and get credit for it for their recertification. Is that something that you can do, you see yourself doing? I know a lot of you are listening to that saying, oh, I'd love to do that, but I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Well, you have to start by putting your thoughts on paper putting it together, writing it down, getting comfortable and trying to figure out what it is that you want to teach, who it is that you want to teach, who needs the information that you're trying to provide. And you then can become an educator if you are educated and skilled in a specific realm of fitness. What is that? Do you want to do a kettlebell course? All right, cool. You want to do an entire course on how to best and most efficiently train athletes on the speed or agility ladder. You can do an entire course on that. It doesn't have to be a long course. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. And NASM would give you 0.1 or 0.2 credits to go towards that. At the end of two years, you just need two. So that could fill in the gaps for a lot of personal trainers. And you get paid for it. I think it's pretty cool. man, I think that's pretty cool. You know what? That's what I do. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Like I I teach this stuff. I love this so much. But you can also teach business of fitness. As you start to develop your skill set and you realize that you've created a, a good business in the fitness world, you can teach others how to do that as well. And you can sell education on that. You can do the you know, how to teach runners how to run. You can teach squat mechanics. What is your thing? The greatest thing about training is the number of side hustles that you get to have. You can have so many side hustles and that keeps it entertaining and engaging for you. It allows you to affect a lot of different people and maybe different types of people because of the way that you're able to do outreach. So for instance, here's, you know, your main hustle might be working at a corporate gym. Right, you work. You are employed by a company, but you can also train a few clients independently on the side. When you're at home on the weekends, you can uh, you can start selling training programs online. You can teach group training and large fitness classes. In fact, the busiest that I've ever been as a trainer was when I was also teaching group classes. I would teach total body conditioning classes, preseason conditioning classes, uh, which were like a sports performance class. Uh, I taught kickboxing classes. And here's the thing. I had every single week that I taught classes, every week I had at least one person come up to me and say, do you also do personal training? And I would say, yep, I do. Yeah. Would you like to start training? In fact, I love training so much that I got so busy that I gave up all of my group classes once I became overwhelmed with how many classes or how many one-on-one sessions I had. With that being said, you know maybe you don't want to be a group instructor. I think it's super valuable and everybody listening should consider. But if not, network with the group instructors. So I taught at my peak six group classes a week and I had at least one person a week come up to me. That means other group instructors also have that. And they may prefer doing group and they may not prefer training. So they refer those clients out to other people and they say, well, I don't do it. But actually, I know somebody who is really great that you you should work with. If you are working that relationship, you are able to be the one to receive those clients. So part of your side hustle is your networking. And then there's some other options that I think should probably be considered in in the finale of this conversation, which is you could look at doing operations within gyms. So you want to become a, a operations manager. Do you want to just go, do you want to go into management? A lot of times they take top performers and move them into management. That's not always the best idea, not for the company and not for the trainer. Sometimes You give up a lot of money and a lot of freedom to go into management, but you do definitely increase the consistency of what it is you do. But just because you're a good trainer doesn't make you a good manager. I was, (laughs) you know, I was was pretty good at all, but I stopped being a manager because I loved training. I went back to training and then I moved on to the final thing that I'm going to drop here, ownership you want to own a business what kind of business do you want to own do you want to own a gym do you want to own a, a product line of fitness um, equipment do you want to be an educator for an, a fitness equipment company that shows uh, gyms and their trainers and their their uh, populations their how to to use the equipment how to do the program on it do what do you want to do you want to own something. I think we all kind of want to own something, but when you're a personal trainer, you have your own business. Gym ownership is a totally different story. We could have a whole series of episodes on gym ownership and about how actually, um, actually doing the work to see if it makes sense for you personally and financially to go into something like that. But Matt, C, and everyone else, I hope that this just gave you a better idea of some of the options that are out there, some of the things that you can do as a personal trainer, some of the market research, how many training jobs are out there—three like hundred six thousand—and you're going to have eighty percent of those turnover. The new, the new ones, the the new hires, eighty percent turnover, uh, usually within the first year. That's a lot. That's a big attrition rate but it leaves a hole for you to take advantage. And here's the thing, as people leave and as newcomers come in, you become more and more veteran. You become the trainer that's been there the longest and you get priority. And you have built your education and you can start mentoring other trainers and teaching them and start working on your education chops and how to support people in your new line of business, whatever that is. Maybe it's still personal training. Maybe it's a handful of side hustles that you have. And that's the great part about training is that you can get the side hustle. Anyway, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. Keep inspiring people to fitness. If you want to reach out to me like Matt C. did, you can do so by hitting me up on Instagram at dr.rickrichie. Or you can email me at rick.richie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.